This is week 11. We're going into developing a strong spirit. The importance of that cannot even be measured in words. You know, the Bible says so much, and I would encourage you to go back and outline, listen to those messages, outline them. You know, I've been told coming here and sitting under one of these messages is kind of like eating a 5,000 calorie meal. You know, you can't, you can't get everything. Well, I would say it this way, that you're, you're getting more. More is caught than is actually being taught. So, you know, I would encourage you though, go back and outline those messages. Make them yours so that you can get those on the inside of you. Every message from a pastor is designed to equip you to go do the work of the ministry that God's called you to do. You know, every, every one of these messages should build strength into you because it's the Word of God. And so I just want to encourage you in that. We've said a lot of things. From an aerial view of this series, we're seeing that to develop a strong spirit, and we looked at some foundational scriptures, that there's, that there's three real strong parts that we're outlining. Part number one is you must nourish yourself on the Word of God. This is spiritual food. Actually, this is the only spiritual food that there is. The Word of God is full of life. It's full of power. The Bible says it's active and effective. So you may not know what to do, but the Word will show you what to do. It'll bring life. It'll lift your level of life up, but it'll strengthen you. But it's not enough just to nourish yourself. You also must exercise the Bible talks a lot about that, exercising yourself, feeding on words of faith, and then exercising yourself by being a doer of the Word of God. So being a doer of the Word is a big decision. You know, being a doer of the Word, you can't do that on your own either, right? You see very clearly from Scripture, you can't nourish yourself on the Word of God without the Holy Spirit him bringing revelation knowledge to your heart of his word so that his word will nourish you. Same with exercise. You won't even know what to do unless he leads you and guides you. Remember, remember, the walk of a Christian is one of rest. It's one of peace. It's where we work out only what God is working in. Amen? We don't work for our salvation, but wait a minute, don't throw out works. We don't work for it. You can't work for it. You'll never ever be able to be good enough to be saved. But now that you're born again, you should work out your salvation. What that means is the Holy Spirit, He will literally teach you and lead you and guide you and you work out your salvation. How do you work it out? Philippians tells us, with a reverence and an honor and a respect for God above everything else in your life. It says it this way, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? Well, I'll tell you, this is so important. It's the doer of the word that is blessed, not just the hearer only. But those two things we spent, gosh, we spent a good nine weeks on those two things. Last week, we really started talking about the last piece, and that is one of how to rest. 
This is so important in the life of a Christian because so many Christians are so stressed. They're trying to make things happen. They're hoping things happen. All these things. But the Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to rest. Right? So let's, let's jump off and let's just get into this tonight. Let's believe God for utterance, okay? Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you the importance of this. Going into 2022, this, is, this year is to be a powerful year in your life. It is to be a year of freedom as you've never lived it before. You know, and it's, you're going to have to be strong to do that. And what I mean is being strong in Him. Where, and this is what we mean. I'm no longer moved by the outside. I'm only moved by the inside. Right? I'm not moved by the circumstances in this world. I'm not moved by what's going on in my physical body, the attacks of the enemy. I'm not moved by economies or anything else. Nope, it is in him that I live and move and have my very being. This is very important. Very, very important. You know, actually, last, um, last week, we, we ended in Isaiah 32. And so we need to go back there. Let's, let's just jump back there. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for utterance in the Holy Ghost. He knows exactly what we mean, what we need. It was Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. And, and this is so powerful. It says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And we said this last week, that this Hebrew word work literally means the action, but really, at the very foundation, it means the transaction of righteousness. And we made this statement. The transaction happened back when Jesus was on the cross, right? He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, so that we might be made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. So now, as his child, I'm righteous. That means a lot. I'm not righteous in myself. I've been made righteous in his righteousness. And that comes with a lot of benefits. So it says the action or the transaction of righteousness shall be peace. In order to recover, you must rest. Right? In order to rest, you must be at peace. In order to be at peace, you must walk in the very presence of God. Right? So this is why, in, see, what flows out of righteousness? Holiness. Actually, your behavior flows out of the revelation knowledge of you knowing who you are. Why do we have a lot of behavior problems in the church today? Right? Christians living with a lot of options. Who is the great option giver? Satan, right? Man, he always will give you options. But God's word is life. Everything that is not God's word is not life. 
right? So it says the work or the transaction of righteousness shall be peace, but then it goes on and says the effect, or that Hebrew word means the result of righteousness. The result. So now everyone sitting in here, you're born again, right? So that means you've been made righteous. The result of that is what? The effect or the result of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. Quietness. This is a huge thing. Everybody's looking for a feeling. But peace, the peace that we're talking about here, is not a feeling. Feelings are a result of peace. Peace comes from God, right? Quietness and assurance forever. See, your strength, it flows right out of your confidence in God. Your your strength flows out of that. Because when you know that he's with you, when you know that he's gone before you, when you know what he said about your life, it breeds confidence. Amen? Which is strength. When you know he'll never leave you nor forsake you, and you must know that. Quietness and assurance forever. You know, part of that word assurance is safety. Isn't that amazing? God wants you safe. This is huge. So now let's keep going with this. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 28. Look at this scripture. We're talking about how to rest. In rest is quietness and assurance. If you can't get quiet on the inside, you won't be able to get quiet on the outside. You won't be able to still your mind. Do you know you need to still your mind when you go to sleep? Do you know many times you need to still your mind all day? Right? When your mind starts wanting, when, you're, when thoughts flow into your mind that are not of the word, you take them captive. And, and what you're doing is you're keeping your mind quiet and still. Okay? So let's look at this. Verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not? Neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. So we see here that God, he never faints, he never grows weary. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint. Isn't that good news? He never faints, he never grows weary, but he gives power to the faint. Wow. It says here, to them that have no might, he increases strength. So that tells me that the origin 
of your might and your strength is not you. Isn't that good? So keep, let's keep reading with this. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. This word wait literally means to literally mean it literally means to stay in a state where I'm expecting hopefully. That means I'm always expecting to happen what God says he did. That's what I'm expecting. They that stay in this place, I'm not moved by what's going on around me because I'm I'm waiting. I'm expecting. I have hope, which is Bible hope is a joyous, confident expectation. It's not that it might happen, it might not. No, that's not Bible hope. It's he said it, so he'll perform it. So as I stay in a place at the beginning of a battle, knowing the outcome, the Bible says, they that do this shall renew, it says, their strength. It, that word there is, is in italics. It's not in the original. Um, it was written there to bring clarity, and it, it actually does. But if you want to read it literally, it says, shall renew strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Notice. It's not because of them, that the source of this is not them. Why are so many Christians weak spiritually? Why are they weak spiritually? Because they're weary. Their eyes are not on Jesus. And Hebrews tells us, unless I fix my eyes on Jesus, I'm going to grow weary and faint in my mind. Right? And, and always in the back of your mind, you're wondering, man, I'm, I'm, why is God not working here? Instead of keeping your eyes on him, knowing that, wait a minute, if he said it, he'll do it. He's going to perform it. So I'm going to rest in that. Right? I don't have to try to work it out and try to figure it out. No, I'm going to rest in the fact of what he said about me. This is a key to rest. You can't get quiet if you're trying to strengthen yourself. So let's jump over. Look at, look at Isaiah 41, or I'm sorry, yeah, Isaiah 41, verse 10. It's right there on the next page. It says this Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. This word dismayed in the Hebrew language. Have you ever been dismayed? It means broken down and confused. That's what Satan will try to do. He'll try to break you down because that will usher confusion into your life. But the Bible is saying, don't fear, for I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't be broken down. Don't be confused. Why? For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever got to a point where you had no strength? 
that's the place where God will strengthen you. Isn't that? That's where he increases strength. Paul said it this way, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong because his strength is made perfect in my weakness. The battle is not mine, it's his. The victory is mine. The triumph is mine. I don't have to heal myself, right? I don't have to worry about some disease taking me out. I don't have to worry about something happening to my life. I'm understanding that I have authority. I'm understanding that while I'm here, God's protecting my, my house, my car, my things, our church building, my life, my children. See, we got to grow in the revelation of that because sometimes you're going to get in a position where you are just not going to be enough. I mean, we're all over about five years old, aren't we? So we've all been in that position, right? Because that's when it about starts. The world will get you in a position where, man, what am I going to do? And that's where we just, we're just like, wait a minute. He's my God. He's my God. He knows me by my name. He is with me right now, right in the middle of a diagnosis, right in the middle of this thing that's going on in my life, right in the middle of 2021. He's here with me, so I'm going to wait with expectation on him, knowing, already knowing what's going to happen. I know the end result, because if he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. So I'm going to go home tonight, and I'm just going to go to bed. And I'm going to quiet myself. Because what I'm facing, it's nothing compared to him. See, this is what happens. People that don't know how to rest, what's happening to their life is there are, their eyes are on the Lord for a season, but then all of a sudden, their eyes get on the situation. And this is what happens. This is the difference between stress and rest. The, the enemy that you're facing... If you are in faith and comparing it to who he is, you're at rest. Because nothing you'll ever face can compare to him. But if you ever get your eyes off him and get your eyes on other things, you will start comparing what you're facing and the battle that you're in. You'll start, you'll start comparing it to you. And that's where you'll start getting stressed. And you'll start growing weary in your mind. But you don't ever have to be there. I will strengthen you, says God. I will help you. Look at this. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Man, if you look at types and shadows in the Old Testament, the right hand of God is his manifest power, his dominion power. See, you got to understand this. Nothing moves righteousness. Nothing moves it. Nothing can overcome it. Right? Nothing. Listen, it's not, it's not Satan. See, this ball game going on in the earth right now, it's not, man, you know, God's got, God has got 100 points, but man, Satan's got 99 and he's really on the move. Nope. No, this deal, this deal is literally, it's over. 
It just doesn't look like it. But oh, if you will see it as it really is, you will invite God in to the affairs of this earth and he'll change it. Because he already said he's provided that for you. And in that, that's where you find rest. Right? It's impossible to be afraid when you cast your care upon the Lord. Right? I love this. i got to read this. I have a note here. In the glory of God, there is grace to help you see and understand. In the glory of God, the Lord spoke this to me, there is grace to help you see and understand. That's why, remember I said this, if you want to recover, you've got to rest. But to rest, you have to walk in the peace of God. And to walk in the peace of God, you really have to walk in his presence. And in his presence, saying this, in the presence of God, or saying in the glory of God, you've just said the same thing. Because his presence is his glory. And in the glory of God, there is grace to help you see and understand exactly what's going on. Right? Hallelujah. See, it's in this place that we need to be. We need, we need the Lord to teach us how to rest. To rest in Him. To not be moved. Right? To not be shaken. To not be dismayed. So this rest thing, this quietness, stilling yourself is a big part of growing strong spiritually. I mean, nourishing yourself on the Word, boy, you you understand how to do that, right? Being a doer of the Word, you could pretty much figure out if you're a doer or not by what you're saying, by the joy you're walking in. But so many times... You could, be so, you could so subtly get off balance where you're not resting. And you're trying to figure it out. You get back in this works thing. I'm trying to be good enough. See, this is where the church is at right now. Man, for years, the tr- people were living this, just got to be good enough. I just got to be good enough. If I just do more, if I just do more. You know where they're at right now? Don't care. Can't do it. Gave up. Right? Fell so many times. You know what? That's just who I am. I just sexually fall. I just have addictions in my life. That's why I stay out of church. That's why I just, you know, I just, yeah, I'm a Christian, but. Boy, in this, you need to change your mind. Because there's power. It's called metanoia. There's power. It's the Greek word. It's real interesting because the word repent, there's two Greek words. But the word metanoia, it literally has within that word the power to change. There's another Greek word that literally you would translate it in English remorse. Gosh, I feel, have you ever felt really bad for what you did? Right? Do you know people come down to the altar and cry? They'll meet with me and they'll just cry. I just, I just, I just hate what I'm doing. But, but why? 
are they crying really? Because I'm not going to stop. I don't even know how to stop. I don't want to stop. But I know I need to. And there's so much inner turmoil in that. And the road out of all of that, the road to living holy before your God, is literally just getting to know Him, becoming aware of what He's done in your life. The more you become aware of His righteousness, the more you walk in His peace, the more you'll start running to the Word of God. You'll start feeding on it. You'll start getting excited about it. And all of a sudden, you'll turn around. You're just... You're not thinking about overcoming the sin habits in your life. All of a sudden, they're just gone. Because your focus is different. See, the word metanoia, repent, means to change your mind, your will, and your purpose. I'm going this way, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Do you have to be, but pastor, you've got to be strong to do that. Yeah, strong in him. There's not anybody sitting here, there's not anybody watching online, starting with me, that has ever changed or overcome anything in their life in their own strength. If you've got this behavior under control, it's, it's not gone, you're not free from it. You're just, you're just trying to discipline yourself. And I'm telling you, while you're doing that, there's no rest. Selah. That's not in my notes. I better go on here. All right, we better go. Let's go to Psalm chapter 4. Psalm chapter 4. Oh, good news is right, brother. I'm telling you. People need to hear it. People are spending all their energy and strength trying to get what they've already been given. Trying to be accepted when they've already been accepted. Trying to get free when they already are free. We're wearing ourselves out trying to get what we already are and have. Psalm chapter 4, verse 3. Look at this. But will, or I'm sorry, but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. He set him apart. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Now look at this. Stand in awe and sin not. But look at what comes right after this. Look at what's part of this. How, how am I going to live a godly life? See, God has set apart him that is godly for himself. How many of you have ever accepted Jesus? Right? So guess what? You're godly. You're set apart. You're set apart. So how do you walk that out? When you understand what God did, how Jesus bore your sin, your sickness, your disease, he bore everything for you. It'll cause you to stand in awe and sin not. But a big part of this, look at this next part, commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. And right after that, it goes Selah, which means just sit and ponder this for a minute. Is there a connection between your behavior and walking in what God has for you 
and rest? Oh yeah. If you're not resting. If you want to know what this is like, just, you know, it's almost January 1st. Just go join a gym. There's a new one opening, right? Planet Fitness, right at 140-something in Maple. Ten bucks a month. Brand new equipment. Man, go there and just, just start out. Forget, forget warming up. Just start working out six days a week, two hours a day. And start, while you do that, make a decision. I'm going to be disciplined and I'm not going to sleep any more than three hours a night. I'm going to stay up. I'm going to stay up and literally just watch Hallmark movies all night because that will strengthen me. Right? Just do that for a while. And, and let's talk about Let's talk about how long that lasts before you're just like, I, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. Right? That's just physically. Do you know it's the same way spiritually? People aren't resting. They're not, they're not doing this. You've got to get revelation on this. Commune with your own heart. Do you know what most people are doing on their bed at night? They're communing with their mind, with all the thoughts that's going through their mind. Shotgunning, what are we going to do? This is not working out. All this stuff. Has Satan ever visited you in your bedroom? Have you ever woke up? I mean, have you ever woke up like you're in this dream and all of a sudden your spirit will go, what are you doing? And I'll wake, I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. No, you're a loser. I already won. Have you ever, have you ever like, you're, you're sleeping and you're just like, you know, it's, you're losing or you're trying to do something and you can't. That's the enemy. There's no rest there. And then finally you wake up and go, wait a minute. I can do all things through Christ. I am victorious. I am strong. And see, what we have to do is commune with our heart. Commune. This is a key to rest, guys. On your, upon your bed and be still. Be still. I mean, it's wonderful when you're just like, oh, Father, I know you're here with me right now. I know the mighty Holy Spirit right now is quickening my mortal body. Your peace is mountain guard over my heart and over my mind. So, Father, I declare that I'm worry-free. I'm strong in you. Just do this, do this tonight. And then just get still. And man, you'll, I'm telling you, that's a key. To be, that's a key to recovery. It's a key to recovery. This is huge. So let's keep flowing with this. Let's go over to Psalm 46. Psalm 46, verse 1. I love, I love Psalm 46. Look at what it says. Is this helping you a little bit? Now, I know this has got to be a little frustrating because you have to get revelation of this. It, you don't see it all. How are you going to learn it? When you go, God, you need to teach me how to rest. 
And all of a sudden, you'll be coming up to me going, wow, I just got quiet. You know, like my wife, it's easy for her to get quiet. Then there's me. You know, I just want to talk. And God's like, right? She helps me because she doesn't know it. I don't think think I've ever said this to you. You will say things to me that the Lord says to me. She'll do little, like, okay. And I'm, you know, sometimes she's like, this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. Now you laugh, but I've had the Holy Spirit tell me that. Tony, we're praying right now. It's my turn. Right? This is what you're doing. Right? Because what do I do? I work things out when I'm talking about it. But that's okay. I'm growing spiritually. I'll get there. It says God is our refuge. That means God, this word refuge means God is my shelter. And strength. He's my strength. I'm done with being strong in myself. I'm not going to make anything else happen ever again. I'm going to let him do it. Now, you've got to trust him. Because if you don't trust him, you can't do that. Because you're like, well, no, wait a minute. Man, I've got to make this. But this, Tony, this actually has to happen. Yeah. He'll make it happen. God is our refuge and strength. Look at this. A very present help in trouble. Now, jump over to verse 10. So he's our refuge. He's a shelter. He's our strength. He's a very present help in trouble. In other words, if you're, see, here's the thing that you know about trouble. If you're ever in trouble, his presence is right there. Don't we sing that song? You know, when I'm in the fire, this, this, or in the waters, that's, that's where I know you'll be. God, God will always be in your trouble. And he'll be right with you going, listen, Okay, here we go. Don't worry about this. I'm your shelter. I'm your strength. I'm your help. You relax. See, we got to stop trying to become. And we got to learn to just let the Holy Spirit pull out of us on the outside who we've been made in Christ on the inside. So verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. That's, so there's two steps there. Well, there's a, there's a step and then there's a byproduct. you got to be still. God is exalted when I am still. Wow. What is the end of everything that God does? He rests. And they which do believe do enter into rest. Remember we talked a lot about that, right? This is is awesome. Be still and know that I am God. So, And here's another thing. Don't marry the method. Don't sit here and go, okay, I need a formula on how to be at rest. Because this is what will happen. You'll learn how to get at rest in this area of your life. But don't marry the method because it might be different. 
Remember this, God is the God of the how. That's how you rest. You never, anytime the enemy asks you a question about how, well, how is this going to happen? That's not my deal. Right? I, I, don't, I don't have to know how God's going to remove cancer from my body to know I'm healed. I don't have to know how he's going to remove diabetes to be free from it. I don't have to know how he's going to bring the money in. I just, all I, all I have to know is he said he'd provide everything. That's all I got to know, right? Don't marry a method. He's, he's the God of the how. So be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Wow. Be still and know that I am God. In 2021, God says, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. This is, this is huge. So let's jump over to Psalm 63. I want to read this to you. Think about this, this quietness, this being still, this communing with your own heart on your bed. Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsts for Thee. Now, are you kidding me? My flesh longs for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Wow. Do you know what causes a man to seek God early? What causes his soul to thirst for God? Which causes his flesh to long for God in a dry and thirsty land where no water is? The revelation of, oh God. It's like, oh my God. You are my God. You love me. I remember one time we were at a, a Kenneth Copeland pastor's conference. We're getting ready to go there again in January. And, and uh, Billy Brim, this lady minister, she gets up and she's talking about a Muslim man that she led to Christ in the Middle East. And uh, the thing that blew him away, that caused him to come to Christ, was that he said to her, he said, you know, Allah would never call me by my name. but Jesus." You say he calls me by my name. What? What's, what's a key to rest? When you know he's your God. A revelation knowledge. See, it, it's, it's all over the book. I think of 1 John chapter 4. We love him because I have a revelation knowledge of the truth that he first loved me. Song of Solomon, my beloved is mine, and I'm his. I could give myself to Christ because I already know he gave everything for me. He is all in with me. On my best day, on my worst day, he is all in. 
And when I realize that, man, I'm telling you, I will start to realize, oh my gosh, while I was dead and separated from him, he literally, literally gave me everything. He gave me everything that pertained to life and godliness. He blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He literally took out this old dead spirit man that I was and it's gone forever and put a brand new spirit in me. I'm brand new now. And then he shed his love abroad in my heart so that I can know and have a revelation knowledge that he loves me unconditionally. I know now because he shed his love abroad in my heart. See, we think, oh yeah, he shed his love abroad in my heart. Romans 8, 5, therefore I can walk in love. No, 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 no. He shed his love abroad in your heart so that you would know the love of God, so that you would know that he loves you all the way, that you're brand new, and out of that, you love others. Out of, it's all out of the overflow, and it's not anything hard, it's a rest. And it causes this to happen. Look at this. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee, my flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory. So I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Look at praise as a result of a revelation. Thus, look at this, will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul, get this now, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When will this happen? I'm so glad you asked when. Look at verse 6. When I remember thee upon my bed. Do you know how many people are having trouble sleeping? It's, it's the, the, the trouble sleeping thing is going like this. Why? Because we're in final days. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Great, Pastor. That's easy for you to say. You only work Sunday and Wednesday. I have to get up tomorrow and go to work. <laughs> When I meditate in, on thee in the night watches, we're, that doesn't mean you have to be awake. The Bible says you meditate in his word. When? Day and night. You mean, pastor, I could meditate in scripture all night while I'm resting? Man, I've tried meditating in scripture. It kind of wears me out. It's because you're trying to do it in your own flesh. Because you haven't learned how to rest. So tonight the Holy Spirit would say, rejoice and be glad because I'll teach you how to rest. The Lord will teach you how to rest. And while you're resting, you are literally recovering. You're being refreshed. You're being quickened spiritually. 
You're getting stronger. I mean, it'll get to the point when those little principalities and powers and those demons see you go to bed, they're going to be like, oh man, look at this. Look at, look at his face. Look at her face. Right now, the Lord's speaking. That person is communing. See, you don't think those demons are looking at you when you sleep? Oh, look. You're dropping thoughts in your mind. Oh, look. Man, they're taking it. He, Tony's asleep and he's taking this nonsense. Let me just start rifling it. Have you ever been like, like you're asleep, you're tired on your bed, and the thoughts start coming, then they start coming faster and faster and faster and faster. Why is that? Because you're not communing with your heart. You're, you're still trying to work it out. And why are you like that? See, when I was in the corporate world, one thing as a national sales manager, man, I, I, I remember... If I worked 12 hours, and on a lot of days I worked a lot more than that, but if I, once it hit 12 hours, it was really hard for me to ever shut it off. So this is what happens to people. While you're working, you, if, let's say you have some stuff going on in your body or some stuff going on in your finances or your family or whatever, and all of a sudden, all day long, you're trying to work this out and you're trying to keep it right or you're you know i've got to be a good christian and and gosh you know i'm a pastor and i got to minister to people so man i got to keep all these balls up or what am i going to do and 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 see you're you're just you're you're getting weary and then what do you do you're physically so wiped out that you're just like i just got to go to bed but then you go to bed and even if you're just so flat out wore out and you fall asleep you're still not resting because you're still trying to work it out instead of learning how to roll it all on him. And you realize, I've been teaching the men this on wisdom. Here is the statement of wisdom. The wisdom of God flows from God's spirit to your spirit. It comes right out of his word. And what it does is it shows you that you have the victory that enables you to walk out God's plan for your life. You have to start with victory. If that is true, there is not one person here, not one person watching online that has any problems. And you could say, well, pastor, yeah, I got a lot. No, 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 that's all outside. But if the word is true, he'll strengthen you, he'll help you, he'll, he'll refresh you, he'll do everything. The battle's his, he always causes you to triumph, he always gives you the victory, he makes you the head and not the tail, you'll be above only and not beneath, in righteousness you'll be established, you'll, I'm quoting scripture. When you get a revelation, and why for all of that, it's all because he loves me. He is my God. Makes so much sense why the Lord told me before our first service on January 6th, 2007, three o'clock in the morning in our living room. Man, it was like Jesus. I couldn't see him, but it was, I knew he was standing right in front of me. And he said, Tony, I am irresistible. He said, if you will allow my spirit to create an environment of my presence. And if you'll learn to just flow with me, I'm irresistible. And I'll, and I'll draw people. That's what he does. But he's got to draw you first. Right? So let's keep going with this. 
when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. See, God, I know you're there. You saved me. You've been with me. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. My right, or thy right hand upholds me. Wow. Meditating on the Lord in quiet times, it brings you to rest. It brings you to rest. In order to do this, you're going to have to put your flesh down and you're going to, you, the spirit man you, will have to put your flesh down and quiet your mind. And how you do that is by it is written. Right? This is, this is huge. Hallelujah. Let's go over to Isaiah 26. I'm never going to make it to my notes. Isaiah 26.3. Hallelujah. Isn't the word of God good? He just loves you so much. Isaiah 26.3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know there is healing in the presence and the in the presence of God under the anointing of God where his power moves think of think of it this way man these three words presence peace and anointing there's rest there there's strength there there's healing there in the presence in the peace and in the anointing of Almighty God. Hallelujah. So this is why Satan fights rest so much. Because if you can rest in your body, what happens when you do that is now you're allowing the very presence of God, the very peace of God, and the very anointing of God to heal you, to restore you, to strengthen you. Hallelujah. Let's read this. Thou wilt keep him, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed, stayed on thee. Wow. Look at this. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusts in thee. Verse 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You could even translate this everlasting refuge. It's the same, it's the same word. In other words, when you're in the refuge, when you know God's your refuge, It'll strengthen you. In other words, the Bible right here is defining. It's defining the the strength or the peace of God, the rest of God. That's for the person whose mind is stayed on him. So this this is what brings you into rest. Keeping your mind on him. Wow. 
So in other words, this word, this is a seed that will keep you at rest. The word of God will keep you right in the right place. The word of God will teach you, right? See, there's no way you could ever trust God if you don't keep your mind on him. Right here, it says God will keep us in perfect peace when we keep our minds stayed on him. Wow, I love that. So let's talk, just let's go through a couple scriptures here real quick. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Boy, I've spent a lot of time in the Old Testament tonight. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. This is a key. It says, humble yourself, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Wow. This is the, the mighty hand of God. This is the kratos. That's, that's the manifested power of God. Humble yourself, under the, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. It sounds like in order to do this, you have to, be, you have to, you have to realize you're under him. Right? You have to, you're, you're in his shelter. There's a reverence. There's an honor. There's a respect. You have to see if you have no revelation that God is mighty, you're probably not going to humble yourself. Or I shouldn't say it that way. You won't humble yourself. You won't even be able to humble yourself. That he might exalt you in due time. This word, this word exalt you literally means to lift you above the circumstances of your life. How does he do that? God exalts you by putting his word in you, which his word then will exalt you above the circumstances of your life. Wow. It's the humble, the humble that rely on the peace of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God. They rely on this to enable and empower them to walk above the circumstances that they're facing. Verse 7, how do we do this? Casting all of your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Can you pull up, Ryan, verse 7 in the Amplified Classic? Casting all of your care upon Him, because He cares for you. Look at this. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, that sounds like everything, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So we have to learn how to roll our cares on him. That's part of rest. One more scripture. Let's go to Psalm 55. Psalm chapter 55, verse 22. Hallelujah. I hope this is helping you tonight. Thank you. That's awesome. It's helping me big time. Look at this. It says in Isaiah or in Psalm 55, verse 22 Cast thy burden upon the Lord. Cast. 
So, so casting, it's kind of like you've got this thing in your life and it can't, every time you turn around, it's right there. It's bothering you. It's bothering you. Everywhere you go, it, you can't get rid of it. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to cast it. You get it away from you. How do you do that? It is written. You cast it. Notice when I casted it, I wasn't looking. I just I looked to make sure I didn't want to hit Tim. I didn't want to hit Jessica, right? But I, I'm just I'm just get out of here. Cast. This is a violent word. This isn't, oh, I'm a nice little church person. You know, I was just wondering, do you think possibly problem? Could you maybe leave? Because you're bothering me. No. No, get out of my life. Cast your burden, your burden upon the Lord. Your burden, this Hebrew word, means something that has been given to you. Do you know every burden in your life? It just didn't appear in your life randomly. It was given to you. Do you know Satan will try to give you burdens your whole life? And he doesn't ever look at you and go, man, you know, Tony's got a lot of burdens. I think I'm just going to give him a break. No, no, no. He'll keep coming with more burdens. More and more and more. He'll use people. He'll use circumstances. He'll use everything. To, but it says, cast your burden upon the Lord. See, this word burden in the Hebrew language, it means the portion of life that you have been given. Have you ever had something happen to you? Somebody else hurt you and literally changed the direction of your life. That's what this is talking about. The Bible says, cast it. Cast your burden. (laughs) Where do you cast it? I mean, we're talking throw. Upon the Lord. Man, I'm telling you, that's what you do. Jesus here. Have you ever been hurt by somebody and it altered your life? And you're going, why in the world did this happen to me? That's a burden. You take that and you cast it upon the Lord. And if you'll do that, see, because this is what happens with burdens. It bothers you. Why? And then the enemy will make sure you come up, 15 people come into your life, in your church that you love, and they'll come up and they'll have what you don't have. They'll, they'll, they'll be experiencing something that was taken from you. And it'll bother you if you haven't cast it upon the Lord. You know, I always, I always kind of joke around and say, man, you need to go home and watch the movie Frozen. Let it go. Let it go, right? Right, we got to let it go. Listen, why do bad things happen to good people? Because Satan is a stealer. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. But don't worry about that. That's not the final chapter. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. Wow. 
Do you have something that's a burden? Something that was given to you? Something that was done to you that altered your life? Something that burdens you? It troubles you? It weighs you down? It bothers you all day and all night? It keeps you from rest? It says, cast it on the Lord and God himself will sustain you. It means he will keep you in. The, the forefront of this Hebrew word means he'll keep you in. What do you mean, keep you in? He'll keep you in him, in the shelter, in the secret place, in the place of his peace, in the pa- place of his presence, in the place of his anointing, so that that burden will be lifted off of you and it'll be gone forever. The Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke. It lifts it and it destroys it. This word sustain means to guide. He'll keep you in. It means to maintain you. He'll maintain you, but then he will guide you. He will bear you. He's he's carrying you now. Where? To a place of safety. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Right? He restores my soul. It also, this, word, this word sustain also means he'll nourish you. And then now it gets really good. And it says he'll make provision. Wow. He'll make provision for you. What does that mean? It means he will make provision to ensure that what was taken from you, you will get back. Because the enemy has to repay. And the verdict's not out for a Christian. Well, I'll tell you, if you can't run on that scripture, wow. Look at this, and it even gets better. He shall never... The word, he, King James uses the word suffer. This, that, that Hebrew word means he'll never allow the righteous to be moved. He won't allow it. Now, New Testament, unless, of course, you allow it, because then you tie his hands. If you don't know you're righteous, you might start allowing it. But boy, I'm telling you, if you make a decision, I'm not allowing it. Then he won't allow it. This word, he'll never allow you to be moved, that means he'll never allow you to be shaken. He'll never allow you to slip. He'll never allow you to fall. He'll never allow you to be removed or to be carried out of course. He won't allow it. We're talking about God. In other words, he has a new life, a future for you. And I'm telling you, as you walk in it, you will literally look and and say one day that I have missed nothing. I'm telling you, there's nothing but good news here. And this all is what causes us to rest. 